that would be absolutely devastated for no other crime apart from believing in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So we're just going to pray and uh, just ask God in his infinite mercy to give a grace and an ability uh, that often comes upon those sorts of situations when you're in those sorts of trials. A grace of God does come upon people to do things that we would find very difficult. So uh, Isaac and Zeke, could you just stand up? A couple of people just gather around. We're going to pray for these believers right now in the name of Jesus. If you're in the outreach team, come, lay hands on them. They're just representative. We're connected. We're all around the world. We're just one family in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are the Lord of life. And Father, you love Pakistan, Lord, and you have a plan to actually win so many people to yourself. And Lord, there's a high price to be paid sometimes for breakthrough. Lord, we understand that the blood of the martyrs is often the seed of the church. Lord, we do pray that out of this precious seed, that Lord, you'd build your kingdom. But Lord, we just connect right now. Lord, we are bonded in the spirit. We pray, Lord, for those that have been uh, just forced out of their homes, Lord, that you would care for them, that, Lord, you'd miraculously provide for them, that supernaturally, Lord, there'd be miracle upon miracle that occur in this area, we pray, in the name of Jesus. And let Pakistan be saved for the glory of God. And everybody said, Amen. Fantastic. Thanks for that. Now, our vision as a church is that we want to be a church that has local and global significance. Size isn't important to us. We just want to make a difference. That's all we want to do. Uh, and it's amazing how little bits and pieces just come together. Even this week, I was at a, uh, a function hosted by the city of Armadale, just sharing with a lady about how I'm about to go to India in a few short weeks and that we'll be ministering to orphans and to lepers. And she said, let me give you $1,000 cash then and there. Isn't that amazing? So, you know, those sorts of things are, yeah, that's great. Let's give the Lord a plan. But do you want to hear something better than that? Because uh, God does use this church in amazing ways to build influence. Uh, Karen De Silva has been recently appointed as the convener for the Governor's State Prayer Breakfast. This is an incredibly important role in which we will have the governors, the gatekeepers of our state, the politicians, all the millionaires, all the people of influence in one room to hear about Jesus Christ. That's pretty good, isn't it? And Karen's going to be running that all by herself. And so, uh, you know, that, that actually is another level, brings its own devils. So there's often spiritual attack. But, you know, out of this little church in Armadale, amazing things happen. So... I'd just love us to pray for Karen right now that as she steps up into this role that there would be blessing and protection over her life. So Karen, if you could come stand up here and uh, if the ministers in the house could just gather around, we're just going to quickly lay hands on her and pray for a blessing on her life in the name of Jesus. Do you want to come pray for mum as well? No, okay. All right. It's a little bit too scary. Yeah, fantastic. Let's just reach out your hands. Father, Lord, we do thank you that you are the one who calls us by name. Lord, that we are, Lord, those that come to a place sometimes where we're asked to remove our shoes because the place in which we stand is holy ground. Lord, because 
out of a fiery experience, we hear our name being called, Moses, Moses, I've called you. And Karen, you are called, you've got destiny upon your life. And we stand with you in agreement that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper and that you shall be used of the Lord as a mighty weapon just to spread the, the good news of Jesus Christ to this state. So as you just go, we pray it'll be just a real blessing. There'll be no anxiety, there'll be no stress that whilst there will always be issues, that you'll just walk through it with amazing poise. So we pray an anointing, a new anointing, a leveling up, Lord, on our sister's life in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Fantastic. Hugs all around. All good. So I think I've done everything. All important. Wonderful. Fantastic. So you all good this morning? Give your neighbor a little shake and say, It is well with my soul. (laughs) Very good. It's great to have you in church. Really good to have Michelle and in church today. Fantastic and Lorraine. Love love it when our wheelies get here. Because it's so much more work to get here. So we appreciate that. And of course, we do invite you to give in our church. And uh, so we're going to invite our stewards to come forth right now. And it's also available afterwards if you've forgotten, a bit like me. Thank you. It's a bit like the Ark of the Covenant, isn't it? Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Last week I was told the offering was $1,800. almost had a heart attack. But it was just an error. <laughs> so, Father, we thank you, Lord, for every gift. Bless the giver and the gift to bless your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Well, here we go. It is well for my soul. It's our uh, hymn of the day. Thank you to Steve and the team and Crystal for really making it a meaningful series for us. And of course, it's uh, bitten on, uh, it's written based around some tragic events in Henry Spafford's life. If you were able to be very postmodern and watch two screens at once, all the young people would have had no dramas of that. Us older people saying, oh, I'm confused which one I'm meant to look at. <laughs> you got it? Oh, you must be young then, Kerry. All right. So there we go. You know, first is the death of his son at four years old. I do not know what pain that would be for a parent to lose the life of a child. That would be, just to me, I think, absolutely devastating. And then in 1871, there was the great Chicago fire, and he had uh, significant property investments, and he basically, it all burnt to the ground. He was in trouble financially. Although he had been a successful lawyer, now he had lost it all in the fire, Then in 1873, there was a depression, a recession that took place, and that even put things further back. And then, tragically, he was planning to go on this trip across to London, and uh, they were all going to go together on the same boat. And uh, some business delayed. He's still trying to sort out his affairs after the um, Chicago fire and the recession. So he couldn't go with his family. He sent them ahead, and the boat sank and that famous telegram was received, saved alone because his four daughters tragically drowned at the same time. Uh, Shortly afterwards, they um, moved on to um, uh, having another son that also died 
infancy. And so, you know, there's just a family that seems to be stalked by a great tragedy. Eventually, the Spadfords moved to Jerusalem. Not only is there, you know, as a video declared that uh, these people then gave their lives to Jesus in a way of fresh dedication and missionary endeavor, uh, they established a children's home that to this day that foundation still uh, ministers to about 30,000 children worldwide. That's pretty special, isn't it? And, uh, but not only that, they felt then a calling to go to Jerusalem and to minister to Palestinian Arabs and Jews and people of whatever faith. This is back before the turn of the 20th century. This is pretty primitive stuff. Uh, it, it had not even become a British protectorate at this stage, still very early. And they went and started a, um, a mission called the American Colony. And if you go to Israel today, you can still stay in what's now become a hotel called the American Colony Hotel. And primarily, a lot of Swedish people got involved with the mission. For some reason, it was a, a mission that they felt adopting, they adopted to. And under this mission, for uh, many, many years, many generations, they successfully ministered to the poor living in Jerusalem. And what they did at that particular time was radical. Say radical. It was absolutely radical because they gave assistance to the poor in Jerusalem and they did not ask what their religion was. didn't matter whether you're Muslim, Christian, Orthodox, Calithumpian, they ministered to them all. And uh, as a result of that, when in 1993... You hear of the Onslow Peace Accord. Anybody heard of that before? You know, and I'm not wanting to get in eschatology right now and what's going to happen to the nation, but here's this incredible landmark decision where the first time in history for over thousands of years there's now an agreement between the Palestinian Arabs and the Israels for separate identity and a potential peace path forward. I don't know if I'll ever get there. But it was called the Onslow Accord, and they met in the American Colony Hotel because it was the Swedish missionaries that had built up the capital of respect where they could actually say, this is a safe place for Muslims and Christians to come together and talk about peace. It all comes from a guy who had great tragedy in his life. And here's the deal. Guys... Life sucks. It stinks. Life is hard. It's difficult. It has pain. It has trauma. It has disappointment. But what you do with it is so important. That is what determines the difference. Bad stuff happened to the Spafford family. Amen? incredibly traumatic, rotten, horrible things. They've lost six children. Six children. They've lost their finances and all the rest. But instead of getting bitter, instead of letting it get into the, inside of them and giving up and thinking it's all hopeless and a frustration, they were still able to push on and to actually change the world to be a better place. Isn't that a good thing? Isn't that an amazing thing? And I want to know... 
what it is. Are you interested to want to know what it is that enables you to push through the tough stuff? There are people here today that are fighting with the tough stuff, with the difficult stuff. And it's my goal today that something of revelation will occur that you'll be able to say, it is well with my soul. So here's the deal, guys. Pain points the way. If you've been born into this world and you've not yet experienced pain, I'd like to meet you. Please come up and shake my hand. If you've been alive more than about one minute, because I expect even coming to the world wasn't all that plentiful. I know I cried at the time when I was born. First thing the doctor did was slap me around. (laughs) But the world has pain. It has disappointment. But pain is meant to point the way. And it's meant to take us on the journey. And how you handle your pain, listen to me, will determine your destiny. What you do with your pain will determine your eternal life. Because this is what happens in this world. Our pain will either point us to God, it will point us towards something that we will try to fix the problem with. It can be a bottle of alcohol. It can be Tim Tams. It can be sex it can be pornography it can be relationships it can be a whole bunch of things but most people living destructive lifestyles today are doing that because of pain on the inside and they're looking for a pill they're looking for a drug they're looking for something to resolve the issue that on the inside i feel lost i feel like i hurt i feel like no one understands am i telling you the truth today it's the truth isn't it So what are you going to do with your pain? You know, the story of It's Well With My Soul is a song that came not out of uh, someone in an ivory tower of success. It's not a time of happiness and fame. This song was born out of the deep, soul-wrenching battle over pain, loss, and separation. This is a song from the black hole of despair. Kurt Cobain is the poster boy of Generation X, who was so besotted with, with his own happiness and his own self-importance. This is how he finished his suicide letter when he ended his life at 27 years of age with a shotgun blast to his head. At 27 years of age on the 5th of April, 1994. These were almost the last sentences that he wrote. And it terrifies me to the point that I can barely function. I can't stand the thought of Francis. Now, Francis is his four-year-old little girl. Of Francis becoming a miserable, self-destructive death rocker like I've become. And I've had it good. I've had it very good. And I'm grateful. But since the age of seven, I've become hateful towards all humans in general. And a minute later, he blew his brains out. He had it all. He had sold 50 million records worldwide. He had fame, fortune, talent, a gorgeous wife, Courtney Love, a wonderful little four-year-old daughter, Francis, that he idolized. Yet his choice was selfish 
It was all about him, no thought for his daughter needing a father, no thought for the impact of some of his fans who would copy him in suicide and actually ended their lives. It was selfish, it was futile, and it was final. And sadly, except for perhaps the wide mercy of a loving God, because I can't judge his soul, he may now have to live out that same choice forever and ever and ever and ever. He may have chosen his eternity. So have you discovered yet Henry's secret, the Spadford secret, that no matter what happens, it's okay. It is well with my soul i'm not talking about some sort of a denial i'm not talking about the river in egypt i'm not talking about not understanding the reality that you may have sickness that you may have financial issues but i'm saying what's in here is actually the thing that will determine what will happen out there that no matter what happens can you say it is well with your soul See, there is a rock on which you can stand. Amen? There is an oasis in the storm. Amen? There is a refuge in the middle of which we can shelter. And there is peace in the chaos. And we can say it is well with our soul. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 17, there is the story of the Shumanite woman. Elisha has developed a relationship with this woman in terms of just patronage and blessing. And so uh, she's provided a room for the man to live in. So when Elisha's in the area, he's got a place to stay, a little granny flat. And uh, just as what happens, we've got the man of God in the house, sometimes miracles happen. She wanted a child, and so he prayed for her, and she's given a wonderful baby boy. She's happy. Everybody's happy. Fast forward the story. One day, the lad's out in the paddocks. He's been working. He says, my head, my head. And he falls down. They take him back to the house. And the Bible says that he dies. And then the lady, the mother, the Shumanite woman, she's very distressed. She says, please take him, put him on the prophet's bed, and I will go and get the prophet. Please mount the donkeys, start up the Mercedes. We're about to go. I'm going to go get the prophet. And as the servant says, why do you want to do this? The Bible says that she answers this. It is well. It is well. She could have responded in all sorts of ways, couldn't she? Out of her mouth could have come doubt, destruction. I just wonder sometimes if we're really conscious of what we put on our mouth. I wonder what would have happened, guys, if she had said, my son is dead and all is lost and God's forsaken me and he's being unkind to me and he's robbed me of my son. I wonder what would have happened. But her response was, it is well. She gets on a donkey, does a little broggy in the car park and rushes off to see the prophet. As she's getting towards the prophet, Elisha sees her coming. He knows something's wrong. And the Bible says that he didn't get a word of knowledge then that the Lord had hid it from him. And so he doesn't know what's going on. So he sends down Gehazi, his um, like assistant pastor that has been training up, go down and meet the woman because something must be wrong. 
So here we have the assistant pastors coming down, meeting the widow. She's on a little donkey going as fast as she can. Says, what's the problem? And she responds, it is well. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. What comes out of our mouth is so important. And here's the deal, that if you really know God, if God is so like concrete to you and He's real in your life, then it's not your externals that determine your internals. It's your internals that will affect your externals. It's what's in you. It's greater. What's in you is greater. What's in you is greater. Who's in you is greater. His name is Jesus. Bible says in John chapter 4, greatest he that's within you than he that's in the world. What's in you is greater than any problem you'll ever face. And look, you can be in the middle of it. You can be struggling with it. I have a wife who's doing amazingly well. Thank you, God. Amazingly well. I thank God for that. But she's got Parkinson's disease. Well, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And she's not going to have Parkinson's disease. Because it's well with my soul. What's in me, what's in my wife is stronger than any other name. Jesus is the name above every name. I'm just saying this is real for all of us. We all got to face our own giants. We all got to face our own tragedies. We're all going to have the Spadford things happen to us. And look, I don't want to get into comparisons. It's not important. I've got to deal with my stuff. You've got to deal with your stuff. But what we both have is the same God and the same ability to say, what's in me can say, it is well with my soul. You know, when you talk, what comes out of your mouth? Let me just give you a quick little point because we're not into denial. There are three, three people you should be thinking of when you talk. When you talk to God, you can be as honest as you like. The Psalms are incredibly raw, true to the emotional life of the believer, aren't they? If you read the Psalms, some of them are happy Psalms. It's good when we have happy days. Happy day. That's a good song. Uh, Happy days. There are happy Psalms, aren't there? Have you read some of the other Psalms? Some of our angry Psalms. Some are Psalms that aren't very Christian. I mean, they say all sorts of things, you know, God, you know, you've left me, you've abandoned me, you know, you're take, taking notice of, this, of all the unsaved, you know, God, you know, why, why don't you do something? I mean, some of them are angry psalms. Some are actually very sad psalms. You know, God, I just cry all night in my bed. You know what? You can be incredibly honest with God with what's happening in you. You know what? He knows anyway. I know that's a shock, but he knows anyway. So you can pour out your frustrations, your doubts, your fears, and whatever it might be. God will listen to you. But you tell that to God. There's someone else you should talk to, and that's the devil. I don't mean have a conversation. Don't have a cup of tea with him. I'd be worried for you. But the devil will come, or one of his demons. I mean, he's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere. He will come at times. And he will sow a seed, a demonic seed into your mind that will say, you won't get your healing. 
You won't see your business succeed. Your marriage won't work. Yada, yada, yada. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Can someone say this is true? Now, when you get that happening in you, you need to talk to the devil. And you know what you say to the devil? It is written. It is written. And you need a promise from God about that. It is written, thou shalt not live by bread alone, but thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. How did Jesus battle the devil? He quoted the word of God. He didn't get out of concordance, by the way. He didn't do a Bible research program. It was in his heart. He was able to put the word of God on his mouth and fire it back straight away. So when we talk to the devil, we should be talking the word of God. When he's telling us about our faults and our failures, we should be reminding him of his future. (laughs) When he's trying to remind us of our past, we should be saying, yeah, but you know your future, Satan. (laughs) I thought that was a good line. It's not not a new one, but it's it's a good one. So when you're talking to the devil, quote the scripture back at him. Really important. Because those thoughts can determine what happens to your life. But when you talk to people, how's it going, Mike? Then we say, it's well with my soul. Yeah, stuff's happening. But in here, I have the peace of God. God's good. He's gracious. It is well with my soul. Your your faith, your inside world will determine your outside world. Life is ultimately inside out, not outside in. Either your circumstances will crowd in on you like those old movies where the walls start to actually press in on you and they will begin to condition what's in you, or either the power of God, the Holy Spirit in here, will push back on those worlds and it will create your world by faith in Jesus Christ. That's the way it works. One of my um, favorite new artists, introduced by my daughter, she keeps me current, is a girl by the name, well, girl, she's a lady. Her name's Rebecca Ferguson. Anybody heard of Rebecca Ferguson? Great soul girl, raised in Christian church, uh, raised up in a Christian home. And uh, she uh, had a dream to sing. Almost thought I'd put it up. She won, she won, she lost the seventh series of the British X Factor. She came number two. But has an international recording contract and doing really well. At 23 years, she's a young mum. Grown up in a Christian, hand, a Christian home. And, uh, you know, she's messed up in life. She now has two children outside of wedlock. And, you know, for a young teenage mom, who knows that can put your life back a bit. Has this dream to sing. And uh, as she comes through, she just does so well. Got a brilliant voice. But she has this song right now called Glitter or Gold. If you haven't heard it, it's great. It's just a Christian song. You know, as you listen to it, listen to all the music and understand, you can hear the Christian themes under it. But this is what she sings in Glitter and Gold. How good or bad, happy or sad, does it have to get to losing yourself? No cry for help, so you don't think you need it. And did friends, uh, and old friends are such a chore, but you need them now more than ever. All that glitter and all that gold won't buy you happy, 
when you've been bought and sold. Riding wild horses that you can't control with all your glitter and all your gold. Take care of your soul. Take care of your soul. Soul, soul. <laughs> She's better than I am. Much better than I am. But with all your glitter and gold, take care of your soul. How high, how low, you're on your own. Does it have to get to you losing your soul? What are you going to do if you're pain? You can either go to God and let Him deal with it, and He will. It's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. But is there anyone here can testify God, God can do that? There's hands everywhere. Are you lying to me, or can you look me in the eyes and say, God can heal my pain? God is taking me through deep waters. I have faced stuff. I have seen... I've been through deep waters and God has healed me. Can you testify that this morning? There are hands all over the place saying, that is my experience. And so this works. Henry's tune tells us it works, that no matter what we face, we can declare it is well with our soul. All of life is a preparation, guys, for the next life. It's not about this. All of life is a big signpost. All the pain is a big signpost pointing to God. A reality where you'll be loved and accepted. There'll be no more pain, no more tears forever and ever and ever. It is well with my soul. This morning I would like to pray for people who you do feel that the wars are coming in on you and that your externals are defining what's on the inside. That actually needs to be the other way around. What's on the inside should be defining what's happening around your outside. You understand that? And that comes down to faith and belief and confidence and pushing through God. And sometimes in the midst of it all, sometimes you just, just got to stand up and declare, it is well with my soul to the people around you. So I'm going to get the band up. They're going to run us through that lovely hymn again. And if you'd like prayer this morning, can you come out? If you're in a situation where pain's a deal in your life and you're still wrestling with how that's to be organized, I want to pray that you'll get a touch from God today that will just settle it in here and you'll be able to say, it's also well for me. Amen? Let's stand.
shall be silent. The clouds be rolled back as a I don't know where you think the Spirit's located. I tend to think the Spirit's located about there. 
I think that's where the head is. Body's all over, I think the spirits are down here. I'm just going to pray one prayer that each one of us here today will have a revelation that God is in you. If you know Him, I mean, that's, that's the end. You accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that you have everything that you need for life and godliness in Christ Jesus in you. Just put your hand over your spirit right now. And there is one or two people here. This is going to just like, it's just going to, something's going to just break in your life right now. Something's going to just open up for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, I speak to every stronghold of negative thinking, every stronghold of pain, every stronghold of disappointment, Lord. And Father, I declare them now gone in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I declare your life, your words, your truth, Lord, to become the dominant voice in our spirit. Because you said, Lord, if we will know the truth, the truth will set us free. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Well, I reckon we're blessed this morning. What do you think? Fantastic.